Welcome back, everybody, to the Unregulated Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 5th, in the year of our Lord. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your stewardess, Mike McKenna. And this is episode number 52. 52. The number of weeks in the year. Karsten Charles Sabathia Jr.'s jersey He's number. never really a big fan. I don't really care. You weren't a big fan for CC? No, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. This is a revelation. Yeah. What was it? What was your beef? I don't know. Does it have to does it have to have some beef? No. Okay. Not necessarily. Then I don't have a beef. I just have a beef. That's all. Okay. Well but, you know. There's a workhorse there, you know, for a little for those those golden years. That golden year. Year <laughs> that we've had say. since two thousand. Two thousand nine, right? So Maybe that's the problem. He's like the rest of the, he's like the rest of the franchise, right? Just just good enough. Did you uh, notice in the last? I liked game, him better. Truthfully, I liked him better when he was a brewer. Did you notice in the last game of the season that uh, Dave Robertson was? Yes, pitching I did. I to, saw that. Um, I didn't realize he was Brett still in Gardner. Base- I didn't realize he was still in baseball. So the only there were, yeah, the two left in that whole stadium on the two thousand nine Yankees. Is, how old is Dave Robertson? I don't know. I don't know that he's that old. Got to be like 35 by now. So anyway. Anyway, I'm glad he's working. I always liked him. So uh, you want to talk about this this game tonight first or do it later? We're going to run out of numbers soon. No, we're not. No, we're not. There's, there's plenty of numbers. 53? Who's 53? There's plenty of numbers. Um, yeah, but first some feedback from from our number one fan. Okay, she, which one? She, Hillary? Yeah, Hillary. Okay. Yeah. She, she mentioned to me this weekend that we uh, – we spent eight minutes on sports last week, apparently. <laughs> did she time us? She apparently did. Um, and, and, and Apparently she doesn't like the sports segment well, of the show. Well, it was very kind and noted that Americans love sports, and that's great. They bring joy to people and blah, blah, blah. But eight minutes is too long. Okay. So, so, so we need to keep it to whatever. I don't all know. Right, well, let's save it for the end then. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, some of it is energy-related. Some of it is um, not energy-related. I have one that I'd like to start with, and it's a little off, off, off the beam, off the path a little off bit. The but it's the Hyde Amendment. Yeah, sure. Have you followed this little tet-a-tet on the Hyde Amendment? The with Mansion wanting to make sure it stays in, and everybody right. else wanting to make sure it goes out. Well, everybody else being the squad, the squad leaders, and the stuff. Democrats. Yeah, and like everything Mansion does, right? There's four or five Democrats who want to come with them. They just don't want to raise their hands. Right. So, so Manchin said it's a red line. They don't want to be assaulted by kayaks, apparently. Yeah. Well, Manchin said it was a red line. And um, he basically, because there's a provision in the House bill that expands Medicare for like the 12 states yeah. that aren't under um, Obamacare. Yeah. Is that right? right? Yeah. Okay. The 12, so, they, they call them the 12 non expansion states. Okay. So um, the. The squad wants to, this is the first time that Planned Parenthood's playing this out, right? So it's the first time that they're going after the Hyde Amendment, which has been um, Been included in the annual appropriations bills for a good three decades now, right? Been around since Henry Hyde. But they can't get it permanently established in law. So they do it on on the appropriations bill every year, right? But uh, uh, apparently either someone is lying or doesn't know anything, and for a seated member of Congress, it's a little bit disturbing to me. So I'm going to play this clip, and then we can chat about it. Joe Manchin seems to have drawn a few 
red lines in negotiations. One of them is around the Hyde Amendment, which restricts abortion coverage. Um, he said that the bill would be dead on arrival if it doesn't include the Hyde Amendment. You said on Sunday you wouldn't vote for a bill that does include the Hyde Amendment. Wouldn't that sink the bill? Or is there some potential compromise I'm missing here that could satisfy both parties? Well, look, I've been clear that I want to repeal the Hyde Amendment. That is also what the president's position is. But what I was actually saying, and, you know, I think sometimes these things get just, it's difficult on TV in a short thing. But what I was actually saying is that the Hyde Amendment is the law, unfortunately, for people like me that believe it shouldn't be. Um, I would like to repeal it, but I'm not suggesting that we put the repeal into this bill. What I am saying is that the Hyde Amendment is already law, so why would we add it into the bill as a political statement when it's already the law? We don't need, this happens a lot here in Congress where people are like, oh, I want to show everybody that I'm anti-abortion, you know, and I don't want federal funds to go to abortions. And I'm like, well, they don't already. So don't put it in the bill because you make those of us who actually want to repeal it, vote for it again. And we don't need to, number one, because we don't believe in it, and number two, because it's already law. And we're not proposing in this bill to repeal it. We have a separate bill to repeal the Hyde Amendment, which I am proudly a co-sponsor of, but um, we do not, it just is ridiculous to talk about it in this bill because that's the law currently. Yeah. Okay, is, is she? That? Who is that? This is uh, Jayapal. Jayapal, how do you pronounce her, her name? Pronounce She's one of the Jayapal. squad members. I think the J Jayapal? is. Jayapal? Okay. I don't know. So, though. is she clueless yeah. or lying or what? Because this seems to be yeah. a theme of these podcasts these days. Yeah, you're is, trying to are they clueless or just flat out okay. lying and, and misleading? So I'm going to guess that she's clueless only because she's a brand new member. Okay, but. Brand new is not like that wasn't like yesterday. No, like she's, she's been, been she's been around. This is, this is her not her year. first. This term. is her third year. So I I kind of blame the reporter whoever's asking her the question. This was the Pod Save America crew, you know uh, the Obama okay. guys, okay, right? Because right. they know what they're yeah, doing. They know they know the truth. Yes. Of the matter. they should have corrected her immediately. So and they maybe they did. This was just the clip that they I, probably that I had. didn't. So um, I mean, let's face it, <laughs> the Obama guys themselves were. Indifferent towards shadings of the truth. Yeah. Well, I guess my my beef with this is that it is. Well, she's wrong. I mean, that's the, that should be your first. It's not beef, the right? law. Yeah, it's not the law. <laughs> so, and hence, hence the conversation we're having there, lady. Right, ma'am. And they they don't they they deliberately did not put the language in the House reconciliation package. So as as it stands right now, no, yeah. if that passes without modification, then abortion. Federal funding will go. That's right. Towards and this abortions. Is, I mean, I, in that in the case yeah, and, of that and when, of that language, and when, when the House passed it, there must have been I don't know twenty or thirty House Republicans who tweeted it out right that right. day. Right. So it's not like this is not like this is a show vote. This is the it, this the, the the amendment gets attached to the appropriation just this, like in the years past. This is legit. The House, yeah, the Congress legit. had to put in the offshore drilling ban yeah, this on is, an annual basis. This is a legit thing, except unlike the offshore drilling ban, people actually care about this stuff. Right. Sorry, Dan Kish. Anyway, uh, that was I just I, I saw this. And I did it not see that. Me a little bit, and well, so I wanted to get yeah, it out no, there. I can see why it it, so. it, it, it it's. Um, let's put it this way: If you don't know it, and you're a member of Congress, and you're in the middle of the conversation. 
pretty embarrassing. It, right? it is pretty. To me, it's pretty. Embarrassing. Do your homework. It's not, yeah. This the, these jobs are not that complicated. Yeah, exactly. You know. But it just it also goes to show it, you it, that there's there's very there's precious little legislating that goes on in the legislative body these days. It's all like it's just pure show. It's Twitter. It's ten six six eight people in a room carving all carving all the making all the decisions and it's annoying so i got into a little twitter spat with a reporter this past week because she's like for all those people out there who think that compromise within a party and with the other party is you know this back and forth is not like normal um you know you're silly or whatever and i was like no you're wrong <laughs> who wrote actually that? who wrote that uh I'll look for it while we're talking. Yeah, please don't. It'll just depress me. It'll probably be somebody I know. Um, okay. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal today. By the way, speaking of wrong. Wait. Speaking of wrong. So I finally went to dinner at uh, Dauphine's. Oh, yeah. How was it? Last week. Disappointing. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, it was. The food, the atmosphere, what, the food, which part? Was, the food wasn't great. I forget but, what I forget what I ordered even, but I was just like, yeah, this is just no better than average. <sighs> and in worse, worse, this is worse, worse alert. The dessert was like not great either. I'm like, you know, I forget what it was. What I get? Creme brulee? Something easy. Anyway, long story short, maybe they had oh. an off night. We're going to try again, but. For you, dessert is very important. Well, so the mere fact I get, that I, the I mere fact it. that I remember being underwhelmed tells you everything you need to know. Because usually I don't care about restaurants. That is a little disappointing. I mean, this is America. Who cares about this stuff except for you know you people? Okay, Wall Street Journal. Sorry, oh, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. Okay, no problem. I just it was it's just right at the top of my head. Wall Street Journal this morning. OPEC oil soars as OPEC sticks to output decision. Prices hit seven-year high as cartel Russia-led group opt against big production push. Yeah, they wanted, what, 400,000 extra 400, barrels? 400,000, they're going to creep it out. Yeah, yeah. And that basically gets us to pre-pandemic Yeah, they're going to cheat. What, 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 what do we pay for oil now? What is it, 67 bucks, 80 Right now, WTI uh, rose 2.3 at the close yesterday to 77.62. Yeah, so 80 so bucks. we're hovering, hovering on, on 80 the bucks, 80 right? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's a lot. The part I didn't get is, I'm sorry, you want to read this? A no, bit? no, I'm the done. The part I didn't get was, of course, the president, um, the, the White House. It, it was described as Washington uh, creating intense pressure on OPEC Plus to um, increase to the increase the 400,000 barrels a day. I'm like, I don't understand this White House. I really don't, because if you really believe all this hoorah, and of course, I've written a column now about how no one believes it. The existential threat of climate is really an existential threat. But if you really you you say you believe all this hoorah, higher oil and gas prices should be good because it's going to minimize use. Why would you ask OPEC to do anything about it? I didn't, I didn't get it. And you know, this is where having the White House press corps not know anything hurts because it seems to be like, well, if I was a member of the White House press corps, first question I'd ask: Why are we asking these guys to increase production? Yeah. We're happy with high prices, aren't we? Yeah, isn't that what they want, right? Yeah, man. And, of course, you know, you get a, well, you know, we need to circle back here on that. Oh, speaking of, sure. speaking of, <laughs> I have a pop quiz for circle back. Oh, man, let's have it. Okay. Which country is the world's largest oil producer? United States. I wanted to give it a little hint. It is not a member of OPEC+. Plus. Yeah, man, it's us. Yeah. Um, Did she not know that? Well, she got a question from... 
Fox News's, I believe it was, no, actually this wasn't Peter Ducey this time, but she got a question about the, about oil and gas and, and gas mm-hmm. prices. And she apparently, uh, they have, she was prepared for the answer because apparently the, the administration has many tools to address this, this <laughs> growing issue. Not sure I'd use that word, but yeah. okay. And just one other thing, uh, I'm sorry, Pandora, OPEC said today that it'll add like 400,000 barrels per day to production in November. Is current price level an obstacle for recovery? Um, and should OPEC be pumping more? Well, the United States is not a member of OPEC, as you know. Uh, well, we, we do communicate. Uh, we, with our international partners who, partners who are members of OPEC uh, and convey, as we did a few months ago, uh, our, uh, our urging uh, to find a compromise solution to allow proposed production increases to move forward, as they did several months ago. Uh, I would note, as it relates to gas prices here, uh, gas one, what we're seeing in some parts of the country is that gasoline oh, prices naturally no. ticking up. Okay. Uh, in part in the wake of uh, Hurricane Ida, because the hurricane hit a region that is a key center of the nation's oil production and refining infrastructure. And we've been working around the clock with the state and local governments for the last month to, of course, restore electricity and also help facilities get back online for production to ensure that did not have an impact on, uh, on oil prices and gasoline here. And the Department of Energy also authorized several million barrels of strategic petroleum reserve <laughs> exchanges. Several million barrels? We also announced yeah, a couple of exchanges. recent steps. So the point is here, uh, we are, while we're not a member of OPEC, we're also taking a number of steps and have been uh, to plan for protect against rising prices here within the purview of what we have. In the Department of Transportation extended and amended an emergency declaration offering temporary flexibility to how many hours a truck driver can drive. Uh, they applied Thank nationally God. to goods that support COVID-19 response, as well as gasoline and other types of, of fuel, building materials, et cetera, in an effort to ensure this was not having an impact. Um, and the last thing I would note is that back in August, uh, NEC Director Brian Deese also sent a letter to the FTC Director Lena a Khan strongly worded the letter. FTC <laughs> to use all of its available tools to monitor the gasoline market and take action as needed. She responded to that and said she would look into it. So we're going to continue to use every tool at our disposal, even as we're not a member of OPEC, to ensure we can keep gas prices down for the American public. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I give her, I give her full, full credit for reading the entire answer. Yeah, That's she awesome. did read it all, uh, and awesome. she barely looked up because she's nervous as heck. A, probably because she knows nothing about she's these issues. Through it, man. And B, um, which tool did she omit? Uh, uh, did, let me did you, hold did on you for catch, a second. Let me think about it. Tool, hold on for a second. That they, at the disposal come, of the administration come, to come keep to gas me. prices low. It'll come to me. Give me a second. Okay. Production, perhaps <laughs> production? maybe some lease sales. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <laughs> it was just they sent a strongly rich. worded letter to a strongly yes, the, worded letter to the FTC. It's the ritual strongly worded letter, and they're of working. Course. And they're working with they're working with our with our you know client states in the Middle East and OPEC to bump up production from there. So, though we are not a member of OPEC, twice we are not a member of OPEC. We are using the tools at our disposal. It, it, uh, it, 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 I don't even know what to say about that whole thing, except, <laughs> except you know, that this is the answer you get from kids who went to Harvard, right? Wait a minute. Let me tell you everything I know about oh, that man. instead of the most obvious thing. So Chip Roy, uh, <laughs> oh, congressman no. from oh, the 21st man. District of Texas. And personal friend of this year podcast. Uh, 
Biden energy plan, kill Keystone XL, limit oil gas production on U.S. land, try to push oil, coal, gas off the grid, but give Putin a pipeline, beg OPEC to boost production and import Chinese solar panels. Result, energy prices rising for Americans while our enemies get rich. Yeah. You know, the terrible thing about that is, is none of it is inaccurate. Yep. You know, it, it's all accurate. Um, it. I don't, I can't, I can't, I wonder if the administration understands what's actually happening out there in the market. I tend to think not, because um, as we've said before, they have nobody who does energy, nobody who has any experience in energy, anywhere in energy, right? You, you, even even solar, the energy secretary. Well, even solar panels, the energy secretary is, you know, uh, she's not from Canada, right? She's from Michigan? No, she's from Canada. Well, I mean, she's, she's, she's born she, in Canada, she, but she's Michigan is her. She's new, born in Canada, right? Home, she's yes. a Canadian. From Canada. So um, what's going on is the Chinese are going through the same thing that the Europeans are going through, right? They had a big drawdown in the summertime in gas. And unlike the Europeans, the Chinese are out there buying everything they can get their hands on. Yes, um, we've discussed and, the fact and, that they're and, also going through and we're a not, drilling spree. And we're not. Uh, yeah. What a great word that is. We should probably – we should probably – you know what? When we go around to get get around to like our, our programmatic stuff for 2024, we should only allow candidates in the door who promise to go on a drilling spree. <laughs> it's not a killing spree. It's a drilling spree. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I just I get the feeling they don't understand that that's, you know, the, the Chinese are buying everything and the Russians are holding everything. And it can't make it any clearer than that, ladies. The um. So Putin got in. I mean, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into the EU saying not to overreact, right? Yeah, we are. Okay, go yes, ahead. I'm sorry. We are. We're, we are, and and let, we can go there. We can stay no, here. We no, can go to China. No, no, no. Um, this is right. Putin, Vladimir Putin commented on what's going on in Europe. You see what's going on in Europe? The hysteria and that mess on the markets. Why? Simply because nobody takes it seriously. Some speculate on the issue of climate change. While someone else underestimates something, and yet another one starts cutting back investments in the extractive industries, That's Putin us. said at a cabinet meeting. We are witnessing the result of some unbalanced decisions, unbalanced development, and dramatic ups and downs. The European energy market clearly demonstrates this. So, I hate to say it. We are, our yeah. country have all the capabilities of avoiding such mistakes, <laughs> he, he yeah. added. I mean, he, you know, he... He understands what's going on, right? He sees the world the way it is, not the way he'd like it to be. The other thing that um, everybody forgets is we're now the, um, you know, they're now our, our second largest source of imports, crude oil. Yes. The Russians. Yes. You know, it, in the big scheme of life between relying on the Saudis and relying on the Russians, I'd rather rely on the Saudis 100 times out of 100. So would everybody in Europe. Yeah, well, I mean, part of this is because of the Keystone XL pipeline, right? Part of it is Venezuela sanctions. There's a whole lot of things about it. But it, the fact is, is that they are, are now. Yeah, there's a whole lot are. of things about it. But, you know, the thing about it is we're begging, we're begging OPEC for 400,000 barrels. You're talking about you, you pull that out of shale. You pull that out of the, the Permian, right, without any trouble if, no, if I mean, you arrange the world the right way. If, if we had – if we had – Get gotten going on the leasing. I'm not, it doesn't happen tomorrow, but it's in the pipeline. It changes the sentiment of the markets. It, it, it so. you know, it, it's, 
it's going to be a sad day when when the next time they see voters and people are like, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but why is my gas three fifty a gallon? And that's that's not for the premium stuff. Is this so. we're, did, gas is gas going to be three fifty three fifty a gallon next summer? I guarantee you. Um, stay. You want to stay in Europe? I love Europe. Okay, what do you got? Is it Donald Rumsfeld Europe? The old old Broken Europe, Europe? <laughs> New, Europe? New, New Europe? Europe. I don't. The uh, known knowns. The only thing I the only thing I noted with some with some dismay is that yesterday, um, the European um, leadership sniffed that people shouldn't overreact to the overreact. Their word, not mine. Oh, yep, you're going to read this. Aren't no, no, you? go ahead. Overreact to the. Um, to the looming shortages of both um, heating fuel and electricity, right? Where those two are different um, that are, that is coming this winter. And I'm the only people talking sense were the Spanish and the French, which would tell you something about the world, right? Both of whom are like, yeah, yeah, everyone's concerned about climate change, but right now we got to keep people from freezing to death. That seems to take precedence in our mind. Uh, and at which point they were told not to over overreact by one of the EU bureaucrats in charge of energy, right? In charge of energy. Put that in quotes for me. Was it? Um, I don't think people, even in Europe, have a complete understanding of what's about to happen this winter. Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's sort of two two lines, uh, two tracks going on right now with with all of this. One is, well, we're not. We're not transitioning fast enough. Yeah, that's the that's that's the, the problem. That's the funny thing, right? Hey, the answer is more of the stuff that's gonna that put you in the ditch. Yeah, and the uh, another one is well, in the short run, uh, I saw this in I think it was Reuters or somewhere. In the short run, um, this is good for coal and good for LNG, but in the long run, it's actually bad for them because. The prices are so high that uh, it's going to threaten their future because everyone's going to want to go towards the quote unquote cheap stuff. Yeah, that's a that's that's one way of looking at it. Here's a different way of looking at it. This was in Reuters, by the way. Column yeah. Asia's energy crunch boasts boosts coal and LNG, but threatens their future. Yeah. Um, I, I knew we were going to have a reckoning at some point. I didn't think it was going to be in 2021. I figured it was going to be like in 2031 and I'd be retired or sitting in some obscure sinecure in the administration, minding my own business. But it looks like we're going to have it right now. And I'm glad because the earlier the better. And these guys are whistling past graveyards, right? They, they well, you know, it, it, it may look bad now, but ultimately it's going to be great for wind and solar and batteries and, you know, when we start picking up fatalities, it's going to show that the system doesn't work. Yeah, well, it's it's I mean, just although we, although in all fairness, we killed seven hundred people in Texas. Nobody batted an eyelash. Yeah, but again, we're Americans. We're used to killing a lot of people in a in a fairly short space of time. Europeans are much more delicate. Yeah, well, the other the other avenue is uh, the. J.P. Morgan's annual energy paper came out, and which you is read a all of it. tremendous read, <laughs> by the way. It's always a tremendous read. It's a, it's a great, great. A absent decarbonization <laughs> shock treatment, humans will be wedded to petroleum and other fossil fuels for longer than they would like. Wind and solar power reach new heights wait, wait, every wait, wait, year. Wait, 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 longer than they would like? Yeah, that's what it says. How the hell would they know what people yeah. like? 
Well, they all know everything, right? Go ahead. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Wind and solar power reach new heights every year, but still represent just 5% of the global primary energy consumption. So when we talk <laughs> about all of this, you know, we, all, we often forget the numbers. We all forget to remind yeah, I mean, people it's, about it's, the numbers. It's, it's, What's EV market penetration in the United States right now? Is it, uh, is it north of 2% now? No, southwest. It's, it's right at. It might be like 1%. One point eight percent, something yeah, like that. Yakety yak 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 yak. Over right? over over one and a half percent. The other ninety eight percent is fine. It it. In this year's energy paper, we review why decarbonization is taking so long. Transmission <laughs> obstacles, industrial energy use, the gargantuan mineral and pipeline demands of sequestration, and the slow motion EV revolution. Other topics include our oil and gas views, Biden's agenda, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Okay, you know what's not in that list of things. The fact that nobody wants to do it. The, the number of people willing to pay for any of this stuff is like zero. Roger Pilkey, Professor Pilkey at University of Colorado, um, has formulated the iron law of climate uh, economics. And that is if you make people pay for stuff, if people – like as soon as price becomes obvious, they don't want to do it. They just don't want to do it. The answer is always, no, I'm not paying another dime, right? I think – I don't assume that J.P. Morgan hasn't mentioned that in any other – Great big giant important analysis. Uh, anyway, I'm going to put that in the show notes because yeah, it is actually uh, Vakov Smil is involved in this one. Oh, boy. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, so, I didn't. He's one of our, uh, he's one of those, you know, energy realists that are out there. Normal people. So, um, speaking of. Oh, I've seen this one. This is from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need to read all of this game. Yeah. This is, this is fun. Speaking of energy, yes. should we move to China? Sure. A couple of moves in China. The first is, this one's from Reuters. China's banks must meet coal power financing needs, says regulator. Yeah. China's banking regulator said on Tuesday that lenders, including policy banks, must ensure that the financing needs of the coal and power sectors are met so that consumer heat Heating during winter is not affected. Yeah, Beijing is racing to deliver more coal to utilities. In other words, we're going to store supply. Unlike our friends in Europe, we're going to try to make sure our citizens stay alive this winter. Yeah, good for them. I mean, except for the slavery part, good for them, and the and the political prisoners. And yeah, well, the 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 us enlightened here in the West are working really hard to get the the uh, World Banks and the IMFs to like. Defund so all of uh, so last of coal, week coal based so projects. Last, last week, not this week. Last week, she and I think we mentioned this in a podcast last week. She, Prime Minister Xi, um, if you remember, announced that hey, we're not going to uh, finance any international coal projects, <laughs> yeah. but put no timeline on it. Yeah, no timeline. Right. Uh, it was like, and and everybody in the press was like, well, he'll still do it domestically. I'm like. He'll still do it internationally, you idiots. There's no timeline on it. He didn't say when. It And then, you know, this was right after he made John Kerry sit in a phone booth and take a Zoom right, call from right, him after right. flying halfway around the world. Okay. And then there's a second piece. I can't decide if I really like the Chinese or really despise them. From Financial Times FT, behind the paywall. Sorry, folks. The but... Hold on. The Chinese communists. Let me be clear about that. Yeah. Thank you. We, we had to make sure we distinguish. I, 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 we have... The Chinese people have been involved in a heroic struggle against their government for now, what, 70 years? Go ahead. Uh, China unloads Australian coal despite import ban amid power shortage. 
So they're taking Australian coal right now. Yeah. Um, which is basically a recognition that what? At the end of the day, rational people, governments, yeah. uh, not rational governments, but like governments that don't, yeah. like, you know, uh, aren't beholden to whack pot lefty green groups. Chinese, take care of their people first and then worry about the policy the, stuff the later. The Chinese have been have been indiscriminate buyers of all oil, gas and coal cargoes they can get their hands on. And you know what? So would I be if I was in their shoes. Their spat with Australia Forget stopped it. Who temporarily, cares? Who right? Cares? It's like, well, you know, we'll take your coal, actually. Sure. So, care what? It's absolutely. Yeah, we're kind of mad at you about that other stuff, it, but it, we'll secure our energy. And and I'm what here's here's what I'm curious about, right? This winter, the United States is probably going to be okay, right? Because we're okay. Um, China is probably going to be okay because they've seen the they've seen you know they 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 they're using the sixty day window they had before it gets really cold to do what they need to do. Right. Europeans are going to be in real trouble. Here's oh, the yeah. part I don't know, right? We all I know those three things. You know what I don't know? I have no idea how the Western press is going to paper it over. But you know they're going to try to paper it over. Well, they haven't. I mean, they have to. They've all they've already covered this, like without yes. Yes. doing any yes. analysis yes. or deep dive whatsoever. It's like these the, this this whole thing that's going on. Yes, on the hill has no bearing yeah. in this conversation. It, it, it's it, like, excuse me, Europe is showing you exactly like what yeah. it's going to look like if we move over to, to this yeah. Washington based yeah, you, energy, energy, you know, well, grid. And when you guys, when you guys make it finally impossible to run natural gas and oil pipelines, we're going to, we're going to run out of oil and natural gas in the right places. And that's going to be bad. Um, that, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how the media tries to paper it over. Well, I do hope that um, we don't see any any trouble in the U.S. But you know, natural gas prices are going up uh, here too. So, uh, and that's going to have an effect. I mean, we've had if we have a couple of those, you know, a, a polar vortex or a snap. Um, I was going to say, do you mean a cold snap? Let's put let's put it this way: we had a bad cold snap in Texas last year. We had 700 fatalities. Do you know? Do you know what everyone decided to do? Instead of rethink the entire system, they're like, "Well, all we just need to do is throw some blankets over the natural gas plants. Everything will be okay." Yeah. So, the capacity of Americans to kid themselves about things is not quite what the Europeans is, but they sure don't have the clear-eyed view of the world that the Russians and the Chinese have sometimes, or, or for that matter, the Saudi Arabians, right? Yeah, I mean, UK is gonna if if the if there's a bad winter in the UK, they're in a tremendous amount of trouble. They're I have no idea why Boris spot Johnson. power prices in the UK have not gone down. They're in so, record territory since. So you saw you 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 may have missed what happened yesterday. They're, what just I mean? They're three times higher than any that in in the last month they were three times higher than any other September. Yeah, that you know in the but, twenty in the two thousand. But who cares about that, Tom? That's that's a problem for poor people. the The best part of the story was that Boris Johnson got up and announced that his new goal was to have a t completely net Build zero back better a net zero electric system by twenty thirty five, which struck me as an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of deal, right? <laughs> a 
okay, so the whole world's collapsing. I'm going to make some bold announcement about what I want to do 15 years from now instead of what I need to do 15 hours from now or 15 days from now. It, it, I'm sure that the people paying 37 cents per in UK are pretty happy. I have to be honest with you. I'm done with that crowd. I mean, I realize as an English speaker, um, I shouldn't be, but I'm done with that crowd. You know, in a world in which France and Spain are the ones talking sense in Europe, that makes me feel better. And, yeah, you know, I feel really bad that my... I have bojo remorse, as you know. So. I see the difference is I have no expectations from the British, and they never fail me. Yeah. So uh, do you want to switch over to your favorite, absolute favorite topic? Uh, we're not really going to talk about this, are we? Are we going to are we going to update our our fans on where we where uh, where we are and where we think this is going to go? Because I oh, is this reconciliation? Yes, yes. Oh yes, God, yes, for a second, yes, I thought yes, you yes. want to talk about COVID again. No, 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 no. I don't think uh, okay. we want to talk about COVID. I got to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about reconciliation right, either. Well, let's just do a quick. I'll do a quick do a rundown. Quick so here's where we are, sports fans, ladies and gentlemen. Um, in the 14th inning of this impossible game. Um, the good news is we're down to two two possible outcomes, right? Either both bills pass or both fail. And the likelihood of both bills passing is probably 60%. And when I say both bills, I mean a really the version of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean reconciliation to like 1.5 trillion. Um that 60/40 number is probably going to move north, right? It's going to they're going to get closer. I think for all I know it could be 55/45 right now. Um, to get something done by yeah. the 31st of October. That's the date they set. And yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why they set it, um, that for that date. Right. Um, but let me throw the curveball of debt ceiling in. Right. Um, it's it, it, the Democrats desperately want to have Republican votes associated with the debt ceiling. Right. Um, McConnell, Senator McConnell has been clear eyed about, Hey, you guys want to do it, do it through reconciliation. We're not giving you any votes. The Republicans have held together. What McConnell knows that apparently the press doesn't know is the Democrats don't have 50 votes. That's why they want to do it with Republican votes. They have to have Republican votes because there's five or six or eight or however many Democrats who do not want to vote for this thing in the Senate. Um, and truthfully, there's probably five or six Democrats in the House who don't want to vote for it. Um, it's a problem. It's a problem for Schumer. It's going to take two weeks. He needs to start right now. The 18th, October 18th, is a mythical date, right? Probably go all the way to November 1st before you bounce up against the debt ceiling. He's going to do it because he's going to have to. But he's going to squirm around before he does. Well, he doesn't have to because all it's it's a very simple solution. All they have to do <laughs> mint is mint a trillion dollar <laughs> platinum coin, <laughs> deposit it in the Fed, and boom, the debt ceiling and, is no and, longer an issue. Mike, where have you been? And boom, we've become the Weimar Republic. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 um, Come on, man. This is going to happen. Okay. No joke. <laughs> Golly. The, this guy's so hopeless. Um, so we... Yeah. So, so the iron law of legislating, as we've t- talked about before on this podcast, is this: when you have 50, when you, when you have the votes, the you vote. Right. the t- The thing that should concern financial markets is that Senator Schumer does not have fifty votes in his own caucus for this thing, right? Which means he's going to need McConnell to make a deal. What the contours of that deal is, I have no idea. But if I'm McConnell, I'm thinking, hey, here's my contours: no reconciliation. 
we give you the infrastructure bill, but we give you nothing else. If um, that happens, then um, my, I, I, my, you know, my on again, off again relationship with Mitch McConnell right. will be on again. That so be genius. So uh, that, that is the I only you're right about the, about the fact that they, they don't have 50. I can think of no other reason why they haven't already pulled the trigger on right. this. Right. There's no other way that it makes any rational sense. Well, he's given some BS story about how it could, it could, it, not voting on the debt ceiling at all is the thing that could send the market. There's too much risk yeah. uh, associated you, you with know, it. That, that's how you can tell these guys lie. When these stories get increasingly more fantastical, you're right. just like, you know, it, I always feel like I'm in a like I'm in the middle of chitty chitty bang bang, and pretty soon the cars are going to start flying away when these guys start talking. Um, anyway, long story short is, assuming debt ceiling doesn't doesn't happen like I think it'll be a 60-40 thing. Debt ceiling happens like I think, and the Democrats do need votes. We'll get the infrastructure done and nothing else, and that'll be that. They'll go home for the year, right? It'll be a bang bang. They'll do that through the DNDAA, and they'll go home yeah. for the year. Um, hard to tell on debt ceiling. We should know in a couple of weeks, but but be be aware that the debt ceiling is going to um, Yellen's going to magically find some space, right? In the oh, next, yeah. In the yeah. Next they'll, week or they'll so. get, oh, we, we've stretched it out to November 2nd. Right. It'd be something like that. Right. So the reason why they picked October 31st, and I'm going to write a column on this. Um, it's going to appear on Thursday. For the Washington Times. In, in the Washington Times. So let's let's hope we don't run before Thursday. Um, actually, it doesn't matter. Um, Virginia goes to the polls on the 2nd of November. Right. Mm -hmm. And if if the Republicans win that governor's race or if the Republicans win the attorney general or lieutenant the reconciliation governor, is dead. It goes dead. down further. It's dead right. because, because Biden won Virginia by 10 points. The Republicans haven't won a statewide there since 2009, right? Um, in, the Trump, in the Trump years, um, Republicans lost 27 seats in the House of Delegates, right? So if any of those things happen, right, you know, Republicans win one, two, or three statewide races, or they retake the House of Delegates. Everybody, those 35 um, Democrats sitting in suburban districts that had been held by Republicans until 2018 are going to decide, we don't want to play anymore. The senators, Shaheen, Warnock, um, uh, uh, New Hampshire, Shaheen, <clears throat> um, Warnock, Kelly, um, Master Cortez, um, the you know, Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania running running for that Senate seat, they're all of a sudden going to decide, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. So long story short is, and the important part of the story and the great part of the story is, there seems to be like an ending point, and it does seem to be right around October yeah, 31st right, where they right, need to right. do something. This, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the odds of the odds of the Republicans in Virginia winning something high. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go back to this, but since we talked about Virginia, um, this is one of the reasons I think that the uh, uh, Virginia race uh, is is lean is leaning Republican. Yeah. What we've seen over the course of the last twenty months is our school systems refusing to engage with parents. In fact, in Fairfax County this past week. We watched parents so upset because there was such explicit, sexually explicit material in the library they had never seen. It was shocking. And in fact, you vetoed the bill that would have informed parents that they were there. 
You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids' education. Mr. McCullough, 30 seconds. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, so yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Boom. Yeah. So that happened last week, right? Yep. And when it happened, I think we talked about it last week, and I said, I'm not sure on or off this thing, right? We talked about it last week, and I said, I'm not sure. In every campaign, there's a moment, right? And I'm not sure that – I wasn't sure that that was it. I'm starting to think that I, was it. I think that was it. Um, you know, about six months ago when this whole thing started, this critical race theory, we were sitting here, and I remember telling you that I had been through these fights before, right? Do you remember this? Sure. And, you know, as as a kid – um, you know, my dad was in the middle of these fights, and they they are they are always energetic, and they always bring new people into the process. Who, you know, parents they just want to be left alone for the most part, right. right? They're trying to earn a living and raise their kids, and then stuff like this happens. They're like, oh my god! And well, the, and it's, it's also like when you realize that there's stuff going on, you yeah. have to stop what you're doing you, and right. take some time. And you, invest. you become you become radicalized, right. and you know the thing is. It's almost always the moms, and you know the moms take this stuff. Well, and it's also very like, personal. It's also right? how you claw few votes back oh, in yeah. like Fairfax and stuff. Oh yeah. But the thing but, is, but I mean, it, the thing this was is the McAuliffe. You you listen to this, McAuliffe like because he's not prepared. He's tone deaf. He's he, just totally he, tone he deaf think, on he it. He thinks that he's going to walk into this office and this other this this candidate is Young not kid. the best candidate. In the no, world. Glenn, yeah, you know he's not. But great. he's he's doing. Everything, yeah, I mean, right. What he and is. he's working hard, and it's obvious. And McAuliffe, okay, so you get a chance to like this is the grip, the vice grip that the teachers union has on the Democratic Party. Yeah, he had a chance to redeem himself. Let me play this clip. Do you think parents should have a say in the curriculum? Listen, we have a board of ed working with the local school boards to determine the curriculum for our schools. You don't want parents coming in in every different school jurisdiction. Yeah. That's the I last, mean, he doubled down on it. That's, right? the la- that's the last thing you'd want is parents involved. He doubled down on it and it, laughed. It, and then, uh, so there was a hearing recently where the Secretary of, uh, of Education, do we know the name? Secretary of Education. Oh, uh, uh, Dennis Cardona. Yeah. Good. Good call. <laughs> you know, we call it. Ladies and gentlemen. And, 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 in past podcasts, we talked about this. There's no A team here, dude. Right? You don't become deputy assistant to the president just accidentally. So, <laughs> I'm not going to play this clip because it's not that not that interesting. Because he's but not he that basically interesting. he basically was asked a question that uh, on here in a hearing that he thinks parents should be the primary stakeholder in the kids' education. He, he said, said no. no. I did okay. see that. It was a congressional hearing. I did see yeah. that. Yeah. And now we, which have... by the way, which stunned me. It just stunned me. Yeah. And now we have the uh, Mayor Garland, the the Attorney General, weighing in. This is really dark. And basically sends a memo to to 
say that the to, to the FBI, the, the teachers' unions, he sent it to the FBI, said that they want to treat this like a domestic terrorism situation. Yeah. He sent this memo to the FBI to yeah. scare the bejesus huh? out of parents who are trying to figure out what the hell is going on yeah. with the curriculums in some of these schools. It, 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 it um, okay, first off, it's really dark, but second, it's a, it's something. Again, I hate to be this guy. I've been watching this show for fifty years, right? And it's, it's the same stuff. It's the same, same stuff. Who should be in charge of curriculum? Whose kids are they, right? Do these do these kids belong to the state or do they belong to the parents? If Yunkin was a different kind of guy, he would start zeroing in on that question. Yeah. And and make and make McAuliffe eat it one way or yeah, the other. Right. He's not his great strength, his great weakness, he's not ideological, right? Yeah. You know, he thinks, hey, and, and you know the truth of the matter is the big theory and I'll come back to the kids. I will. I promise. The big theory in, in Virginia electoral politics forever has been, you know, if the Republicans put up a normal person, they win. And if they put up a crank, they lose. Or a lobbyist. <laughs> normal person, right? I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't a crank. He just was a lobbyist. A lobbyist, right? But well, uh, in fairness, he, a guy he did from, get a, basically was written off by okay, the party. The guy, guy who ran the party or was the lawyer for the party. But okay, that's in, a different in, story. In both, case, story. in both cases, Gillespie, Cuccinelli would, Can, have, would have won if they had gotten some help from absolutely. the party. Yeah. But, but anyway, so he can't make that argument. But you know what? You know who can? Somebody out there. There's somebody out there that we have not yet seen who is going to make this argument in a statewide, and they're going to jam the Democrats, whoever the, whoever's running against, whatever Democrat he's running against, up against the teachers' union. They, they have got to be – the Democrats have got to recognize that this is a problem for them. They, they, are, they are doubling down to, to, to basically bow to the whims of the teachers' union. The, but it can't. They the know op- this can't be helpful. The optics. They know this. Cuts, the optics this cuts. and the language is so bad. You know how? Ba- I'll read from the memo. In recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's schools. While these are protected, they the, these protections do not extend to threats of violence. The, the department takes these incidents seriously. Coordination and partnership with law enforcement is critical. Yada yada yada. They're basically saying yeah, we're man. gonna we're gonna we're intimidate. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna muscle you guys on your first amendments, right? You know we we don't want you at, we don't want you at these meetings. We don't like McCullough said. Hey, the last thing we want is parents showing up at curriculum meetings. Right, right. And you know what? If you're Governor McCullough, you're right. It is the very last thing you want. McAuliffe knows he's in trouble on this because he has run. He started running ads, right? He had, he had ads. The Yunkin campaign had ads out the next day, right? They put it into yeah, the spots. They put they his spot, but they yeah, also yeah. they also have Wilder on record. It, it well you disagreeing know, with McAuliffe. Doug, 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 Doug's a normal citizen, right? He is. He's a normal, normal human being, right? Even though he chewed me up once in a state senate hearing. Uh, uh, it, it uh, McAuliffe realizes he's in trouble because he's starting to run spots counter to it, right? But it's too late. Yeah. Damn, damage is yes. done. And you know the funny thing is, running the spots, it just keeps makes it, it worse. Up, right? It keeps bringing it's crazy. He, he felt he. I don't know if Yonkin was setting a trap, 
but he fell in. If he was There's setting no a trap, way. he he did There's a no very way. good job. There's no way the Yunkin thought that this was going to be this guy. Hey, McCall's a guy who hasn't made any missteps I don't at all. Like, but he's like, hey, what? He looked like he looks like a used car salesman. He's a used there. car salesman. Like, hey, come on, what? I mean, you you don't want these parents running around in in, in metal and with the with the class curriculums. He's a he's a horrible person from Syracuse. Let me like all people from Syracuse. <laughs> horrible a, people. Close to my where my people are. Um, let me just say, get offer some good advice. <laughs> and this is advice that you take period for any situation. But if, if someone from the FBI wants to talk to you, don't yeah, seriously say, no, don't thanks. say, no, thanks. Do not talk to them. Ask for their identity. Offer to speak to them through an attorney don't, don't. and ask them to leave. I wouldn't say anything. Don't, don't talk to the FBI especially without a lawyer. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go one better. Don't talk to anyone. When was the last time talking to anybody got you anywhere? <laughs> you know, people start asking you questions, you know, start cleaning your guns. Okay, I want to go back to reconciliation for one minute. No, no. Yes, cuz we had to cut off there because we 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 got into the Virginia situation, but Okay. Just very quickly, um there are um very few uh, times when I agree with a gentleman named Matt Iglesias, who is uh, sure, who is a uh, who is slowly coming around to our line of thinking. Also in in the Niskanen Center, but I we won't bring up anything else about the Niskanen Center. No, I don't want to talk about Jerry Taylor. <laughs> I would not want to bring up Jerry Taylor. No, and, I don't want to talk this, about Jerry Taylor either. No, I don't want to talk. Nor about do Jerry I want to Taylor. talk about why he left his job. Neither do I. Um, but I recommend everybody read or maybe Google it. <laughs> but you know the thing that annoyed me about Jerry? He promised me a vote on a carbon tax. I know, and he was working so hard at He's it. He's a welcher. In between other Jerry, things, he was doing. Jerry, this is Mike McKenna. I just want to let you know I'm spreading it around town that you welched on this thing. Come back. Get back to work. Get me my carbon tax vote. He, he made a conservative case for something other than a carbon tax uh, more recently. Yeah, don't, 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 don't. Go ahead. Okay. So some some of the other lefties in Twitterverse, like David Roberts and others, were lamenting the fact, and this is a um, from Julian Brave Noise Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Some anecdotal perspective on the epic legislative fight unfolding in Congress. I'm spending a lot of time with two otherwise very informed creative collaborators this week, and they did not know Congress was in the middle of a very high stakes negotiation. I'm sorry. Is this is this is this to, is this the Comanche Brave Noise Cat? No, this is, uh, this is Dave Roberts. Data Progress. This is that. This is this is Dave Roberts. Julian Brave Noise Cat. Okay. So. Uh, Dave Roberts then says, this feeling that the fate of the world is being decided and most people aren't paying attention makes me want to pull my hair out. So Matt Iglesias writes, writes, chimes in and says, the fact that this big debate consuming Democrats is not something most people care about is probably <laughs> relevant to Biden's tumbling poll numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so attaboy, Matthew. <laughs> well, I yeah. It's good, right? It's I mean, great. it's like it's great, and like I said, that's why they're that's why they're on a hard clock now because they know something bad's going to happen yeah. in Virginia, and and that the the Biden administration is not they're not equipped to do this, right? 
I mean, here's was his, here was his big day today, right? The day we're the day we're recording, right? He showed up, came back in from Wilmington, and he, I guess, he came in Wilmington yesterday. Anyway, um, showed up, had a virtual Zoomy, flew out to Michigan where he was meeting with some union dudes, training. Right, that was it. That was the day he's going to make some remarks. And what he doesn't understand is what they don't seem to understand is every time he talks, he, he creates more problems for himself. Last Friday, he went up to the hill to supposedly to pitch his own bill. Oh my bill. gosh, I was supposedly to whip his bill. I was sitting over at Morton's with a friend of mine. I'm like, "What is going it, on?" It, like, it was, it, it, it's the first time in the history of the world a president has whipped against against his own bill. <laughs> I think you know it's going to happen. You know, six days, six, six minutes, six weeks. So it'll happen sometime. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is that he didn't seem to be aware at all, like where he actually was supposed to be in favor of what he was supposed to be in favor yeah. of. Well, this is not. So, a, so the right. fact that the fact that Julian brave cat noise, did I get that name right? Julian noise, brave cat. Yeah. Julian. The fact that our good friend Julian has two friends who are totally unaware of all this stuff. They, they probably have something better to do with their <laughs> yeah, lives. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ugh. What do you what do you have? What do you have? Um, okay, so we should have Julian on the show. I've never had. I've never talked to a Julian. One thing that I was going to say during the uh, the previous with, segment was. Wait, wait a minute, you're a friend with, with Morton's, <clears throat> smoking a cigar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the violence thing, right? With with the teacher, with the parents, and Garland. Yeah. Apparently, it's okay to harass. Senators, oh yeah, you know if the cause is right and the cause is good. Yeah. But but so uh, somebody on Twitter, a reporter on Twitter, I think, after Senator Cinema got chased into the bathroom, said, "Well, you know, okay, first off, two things happened. One is reporter said, hey, well, you know, if she'd like have meetings with them, maybe this wouldn't have to happen.' I'm like, all right, I'm a little unclear on like how many meetings you need to have." before it's you're not happy before it's okay to chase people into bathrooms the other thing is is that the president himself um a guy who's been in the senate had been in the senate for 36 years said ah it's just one of the things you know legislative process what are you going to do it was yeah. that kind of it was that kind of response yeah i have a cl- i'm not going to play the clip i'm not doing any you should clips no you shouldn't play it's the just, clips it yeah. it what struck me is is that um it's way out of bounds and i don't get the whole lobbying strategy so no but this is this is the this I, I, I is mean, a this is a generation of people who are who have been this is their profession. These are not like random occurrences. Oh right? no, I, I mean know. there's there can't be random. There are many well staged cameras. Yeah. Um, nothing that's going on here hasn't been practiced or rehearsed. Right. The same lady who chased her in the bathroom was yakking at her on an airplane. I mean, these this they have professionalized this on the left. It is an industry, right? And so, I'm all I can tell you is, you know, as the same with you know, none of these protests are super spreaders, but everything else on the everything else is a super spreader. Yeah, what I'm what I'm going to tell you is something nobody wants to hear. Something bad's going to happen one day. You remember? Look, look back to Kavanaugh. Something right. Somebody, something bad is going to happen one day. Someone is going to bring a weapon to one of these things, left or right. I'm not saying which because I don't know, but they're going to bring well, a weapon, I mean, and something bad's going to happen. Someone because, because, almost got shot on a 
baseball practice field. Well, somebody did get shot on a baseball field. Somebody field. almost died, I mean. A Bernie, let me, let me sharpen that news. A Bernie Sanders you. A supporter. Bernie Sanders volunteer, not supporter, volunteer, showed up and shot a bunch of Republicans. Right. Um, you know, how, how long is it before we, we, before we get a member of Congress who's, um, you know, we have, a, we have an attempted assassination? It's just a matter of time. And then the fact that the fact that the president of the United States um, could not see his way clear to denouncing this sort of thing makes you think that he's part of the problem, right? Uh, or going back to the point where um, he's completely lost touch with with no 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 reality. Uh, you know right? this like, time this one don't... I'm not this one I'm not completely willing to give him the grandpa card. So I think I think he knew what he was talking about this time. I think he was compass mentis. He's a terrible person. <clears throat> Absolutely. He's a terrible person. Um, okay, so. What do we have? Left? Washington Post. We got lots. I got so much Dude, stuff we're, here. We're, Washington Post. We've already been in this thing for an hour. Washington Post. Uh, read Senator Wyden's lips. No new gas taxes. Yeah. This morning. Good morning, early birds. Wyden. Um, any proposal will exclude gasoline uh on the top sources of carbon emissions, said Ron Wyden, confirmed in an interview on Monday, as the Democrats continue to debate whether or not to include a carbon tax in the reconciliation bill. I want to make sure that this is sensitive to working people, so anything that's done in this area ought to exempt gasoline. <laughs> but it's okay to tax everything else that people use. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Senator. Appreciate that. Yeah, so that so carbon tax is still very much in the mix here. In addition to the fact that there's a tax on natural gas, yeah, in the House bill, the methane thing, yeah. But we're going to get rid of we're going to get rid of um, we're going to carve out gasoline. Yeah, so that's so good. we can protect the the yeah. people. But so. you know, um, okay, um, they, they're 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 this this whole thing just gets uglier every day. I have uh, one. From the existential threat category, Yay! but it's a little bit of a side bend here. The um, I saw this in National Review and it piqued my interest, uh, and then I was so glad. <coughs> Excuse me. So apparently, uh, Special Envoy Kerry <laughs> spent a little bit of time in France recently and sat down for an interview. Um, in the interview with who Lamont, some French television. Uh, station and a couple of a couple of French dudes asked him a bunch of questions about climate, which went on forever and ever. And of course, I'm going to put this in the show notes. You should watch the whole thing because oh, it's brilliant. Good lord! He goes back and forth between French and English. It's it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. It sounds like the worst <clears throat> television possible. Full of all of his his just wild, outlandish uh, assertions about the impacts of climate change. We're all going to die. And everything else. And how, how many times can you say we're all going to die in French? But at, towards the end, they brought up the little spat, the U.S.-U.K.-Australia deal on the subs. Yeah, that we took their pants off on the deal. And Biden, I'm sorry, not Biden, Special Envoy Kerry in the interview said that Biden had not been aware of what happened. Really? Yes, really. And he said, <laughs> he asked, his Carrie, he asked me, he said, what's the situation? And I explained exactly, uh, he was 
he had not been aware of that. He literally, literally had not been aware of what had transpired. Oh, that the French had a separate deal. The French had and a deal. I didn't we... want to go into the details of it, but suffice it to say that the president, my very, my president is very committed to strengthening the relationship, yada, 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 and so on and so forth. So. Wow. He really said that, huh? He really said that. God, these old guys, they just lose their track. They lose track of where they are in a conversation. You're not supposed to say that about a president ever. No. And no clue, but we did it anyway. Like, yeah. like we're just passing out nuclear submarines around the planet. Here, yeah. you have a couple. You have a couple. You have Hold a up. couple. Right. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, and we can't get lost in a, uh, you know, uh, a, a momentary event that um, I think we will get past very quickly. Mais tout de même, uh, John Kerry, il y a eu cette phrase de Jean-Yves Le Drian: "Entre alliés, ça ne se fait pas." Est-ce que vous avez compris la, la colère des Français? Mais oui, absolument. And uh, President Biden asked me about it, and I told him and expressed. Uh, you told Joe Biden that it was not the right. He asked me. He said, "What's the situation?" And I explained exactly. Uh, he was. He had not been aware of that. He literally had not been aware of what had transpired. And I don't want to go into the details of it, but suffice it to say that uh, that the president. Uh, uh, my president is very committed to um, uh, strengthening the relationship mm, and making blah, sure blah, that this blah, is blah. a small event of the past and moving on <laughs> to a much more important future. Literally, how do you say you just stole $90 billion from me in <laughs> French? <laughs> small. No, but please, <laughs> because we love Special Envoy Carrie so much, this is this is a beautiful beautiful video it is Maybe. it's so good I, he's he's uh showing off his french may we out there bitches yes <laughs> he's working it man uh, the special relationship with macron 90 million bucks 90 billion dollars <laughs> if i was a french guy i'd be like yeah, i don't know about america but 90 billion is a lot of cash over here it, it is a little bit scary though because he did i mean he's he i i don't know how this I don't know how these guys think. They're not. They're not disciplined. You I mean, know, that's okay, really so, bad okay, for him so, to say. So, and, and so, so, it, so we're 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 on our we're on our producer every every time to do this. But I'm going to get a gong and bring it in here because we're just going to have a gong section every <laughs> every week, and it's going to be me saying, you know what, these guys are not as good as I thought they were. Gong. gong. Yeah, we're going to have to find some because they're hopeless. Fun. They're just not. They're not good. All right, so we have we are seriously producer. How much time have we spent here? An hour and hour. Hour. Okay, we're about an hour with edits. We'll we'll get shave it down to forty five. So this is the part where Hillary, you don't have to listen anymore. Because we're going, we're going, we're going baseball right now. Actually, we're gonna Hillary. As soon as you turn it off, we're gonna talk about you. But eight oh five tonight, Yanks Yanks Red Sox in Fenway. The play in. What's your prediction? Oh, oh, I didn't realize I was. I didn't realize we we're going to make predictions. Uh, I think the Red Sox are going to win. Wow, really? Yeah. You think they're going to, they're going to have one of those games? Where yeah, they I, just do. I do. I do. I do. You you look at you look at the last you look at the last three games the Yankees played. They did not have much. We we scored. Let's put it this way: we scored three runs, two runs, one run. So we're going in the wrong direction, right? Um, 
Yeah, the way, they, they, they won in dramatic fashion, but it was an ugly, ugly game. It was game. an ugly game, it right? Ugly and game. and, and it, it, three hits, right? Yeah, three hits. Um, you know, Valdez used and to... And Nevin should have sent Tyler Wade. Or whatever. You, you can think about it in the offseason because you're going to have time. Um, I, I think Evaldi is not going to throw up two um, crummy starts in a row, right? Which, against us, would be two crummy starts in a row. Um now, Cole has had a couple of shaky starts. His hamstring so is he, shot, right? His hamstring yeah. shot. I would not start him in this game. I don't think he's got. I think he's he's got a short leash, and then they're going to bring in Severino. I think that that's right, yeah. and that, and and that's the only that's the only reason I hesitated about who's going to win because it's you know the thing about Aaron Boone is he tends to wait for two batters too long to go get a guy. Then this is going to be one of those games where two batters too long, you're, you're going to be down four nothing. It's going to be hard to pull. You'll be too, down four right? nothing. Yeah, right. Because because it'll get second, the... it gets second guessed by everybody in New York. Blah right. blah 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 blah. So that's how I'm looking at the world. The Red Sox have just been playing better the last five games, and we have not. Okay, and, I, and but I will say this though, they they own the Red Sox the last series. Yeah, those six games in a row, right? Six good. games in a row. So it, it's going to come down to if they have a an offense. Uh, if they have an offensive performance like they have this past series, yeah, they're going to press and they're going to lose. Yeah, sure. So, well, I, I think you you know you said it best off off air, right? That um, we're going to know, like in the first two or three innings, innings, right? For the right. first first time through the lineup, right? It, That's we're, right. We're going to know because um, if Aldi's either going to get going to get carpet bombed or he is going to carpet bomb there's not there's no yeah. there's and no third the answer red sox are going to score runs there's no doubt about it i believe that's so. correct i think this is going to be one of those eight six jobs yeah. yep okay but you know i don't know that it really matters because we can't get i don't think we're going to get past the raise in a short series i just don't they are so they are so much better than the yankees right now and, and i think it's true i would say one thing right that um you know if the yankees are hitting if they have another one of those Jags, they wipe out the Rays in three days, right? Wouldn't even be close. But, you know, very streaky, right? Winter, the winter, winter, winter hot. The, the, winter the hot. last game They're of the hot. season is the, was the epitome of this entire season, in my view. Yeah, pitching did well and hitting did no, nothing. No, it's, it's just that the way that they win and, like, they can win, they can win, like, they can be the best team in the in the uh in yeah. the league or the worst. There's no middle ground here. True. They're very right? streaky. They're very they're either unbeatable or un- And that's the way it's been all win. year. That's yeah, the way I it's agree. been all year. So. I agree. I, I think the bad thing about them making the playoffs is they're not gonna fire cash. That's right. They're not gonna fire anybody because it's gonna be like, oh hey, all we need is a little tweak I here know. and there and elsewhere. And, and we're know, gonna be and we're know. gonna be right back here in episode seventy. You know, I mean, here he, all he, excited about the new season or whatever. You know, what right? we're coming up to. I mean, this is the real. This is a. This is a problem, right? For the for the um for management, right? We're now twelve years removed from our last World Series appearance, right? Unless we go this year, right? We're twelve years removed, right? That is the longest. It's equal to the longest stretch in franchise history, sixty four to seventy six, right? Um, at some point, it's going to be impossible, even for Yankee fans who are lousy at math. To miss this, right? That hey, this is as bad a stretch as has ever been in franchise history. Pressure's going to grow next year. Got to do some. Got to do some. So your Giants won. Yeehaw! <laughs> Beat the Saints. You know the thing about it is, if you look at the Giants, they lost on two last-second field goals. They could easily be three and one. Um, I will say this: it's not just that they won; they beat the Saints at home, 
That ain't easy to do no matter who you are. Giants have never won in the Superdome. Well, the Bills, the Bills slaughtered the yeah, Texans, Bills just, yeah, which was great. Nothing, yeah. the, 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 only, the only thing that sucks is I got to figure out whether if I want to see a game, I got to I got to find gotta, a bar. You, you got to go. They they never play any. They they never broadcast any Bills. Games, no, why would they? So. Um, you got to go up to Buffalo and see a game. <laughs> you do. I mean, I'm telling you, this look. It's this, been a while. I've been to the Ice Bowl. I've been to the game yeah. where the it, it was so cold. I had to chip my beer with my finger yeah. to get to I mean, get this it. Is, to, this look. The Bills, the Bills, I think are on. I think they're probably the second best team in the AFC, and not by too much. Kansas City's not that much better than they are. Yeah, I think they could. I think it's going to be. A they could beat Kansas City. They could beat Kansas City. Yeah. It it and this is going to be one of those seasons, right? It's just you don't get them often, but you get them. So I'm going to say, since we have to make predictions, that that the Yankees will have one of those games. I hope they do. And Avaldi will get. Will get rocked early. I hope he does, they'll, and yeah. they'll beat him. Um, what about the National League wild card? Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to beat the. Dodgers. I think they are too. Yeah. I think I think there's. For, I just got some a feeling about it. Oh, it's not based on anything, but I'll tell that's you, a good narrative. I'll right tell you there. exactly what it's based on for me. Adam Wainwright's a better pitcher than Max Scherzer. And his, his last I, outing was not. And good. I realize we're not allowed to say this inside the confines of Washington D.C., but the truth is, Max Scherzer is not that good a pitcher. I mean, he he feasts on on subpar teams, and when he gets in the playoffs, he usually gets beat. And that's just that. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to hear, it's hard to say, but it's the truth. Um, well, it doesn't matter anymore because he's not here. So. Oh yeah, but around D.C., he's like you know, oh Max Scherzer, yeah, Max right, Scherzer, right. Max Scherzer. You know, he's it's like Cal Ripken, right? You used to not be able to say anything about Cal Ripken. The guy's a lifetime two fifty hitter. I'm like, you know, he just hey, he happened not to tear up a we, knee in between. We're gonna at some point. You, you're probably further away from this than I am, but uh, at some point we're gonna talk about Jeter like this too. I I think. Yeah, so. probably. Um, anyway, long story short is, I think the Cardinals beat the Dodgers. I still can't see anybody beating the Brewers on the National League. I think the Brewers are going to the World Series. Well, they have they definitely have the right formula. They've got yeah. solid pitching yeah. and and a solid closer. Yeah, so. and, and they're good enough. They're good enough on offense, right? And you, it doesn't matter who gets them in a short series. They're going to shut them out. Um, I think you're looking at the Brewers and the Rays of all. That's going to be the World Series. <laughs> Major League Baseball is going to yeah, be pulling Rays out their hair. Be like, ah. The twelve so, people who I twelve people watch baseball at Tampa. The twelve watch Milwaukee. I think Tampa is the team to beat in the AL. Yeah, I just don't see any. Sure. And you know that that's what this weekend was about for Tampa. It took me a second. It, it wasn't oh. about trying to stamp out the Yankees. It was partially. About it was that. It was because if they if they had beat statement. them the last game, they would have Yankees would have had to play two. Whoever the yeah, Rays yeah, played yeah. would have had to play two yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. But it was partially that. But it was partially just a statement. It was a message. It's just Absolutely. a statement. Yeah, we're 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 not just a little bit better than everybody else. We're a lot better than everybody else. Yeah, and, but there were a couple of moments in the game where they they slaughtered them that were not necessary. That's right. A, a, a Rosaria. A Rosarena. Reina stole second and third. Well, here's the thing, and this is the problem, right? Um, when you don't have pitchers who will put one in the ear hole, I get it. Guys will do that I get stuff. It. I get it. You but, know, but they, it was, it was like, you, you know, know what? I, I'm not afraid of your pinstripes. Is basically what they I were get saying. it totally. But so. I, I tell you, if I was, if I was on the mound when that happened, whoever was batting would have wound up with like one right in his ear. Hey, man, you want to yeah. play that? Here's how we're going to play this. You're right. So, 
Anyway. But they are, they are, um, I mean, they are a better team than the Yankees. They're just, yes. they just don't get, That's nobody right. pays attention to them. That's right. So, how can, um, how can you? Their own fans don't go to the games. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they, they, they play in the worst stadium in America and, and their fans don't care. Okay. So last week I predicted that the reconciliation bill would pass. And I'm still not wrong yet. Well, you're not. But <laughs> I thought it was going to be. But in fairness, I thought it was going. The vote was going to happen. So oh, I didn't. No I did not predict this. No way. Reattach. Reattach. Uh, you should read my bills, column from so. yesterday, where I explained that the progressives have more than financial reasons to vote against this stuff. They want to. They want to knock out Hakeem Jeffries, and they should, because he's going to be speaker on and off for the next thirty years, and he does not like them. If you're thinking about a long, a long term. A long-term structural problem. Having a speaker who doesn't like you is a long-term structural yeah, problem. Who is not, you know, because this crop is gone after this. Term. That's right. And the, the, all Rosa DeLauro, Nadler, Connolly, well, and, and Clyburn, the, Pelosi. I and, mean, they're the, all gone. And the difference is, the Democrats are not the Republicans. They're not just going to let you fire their speaker. You yeah. know, they're going to be like, no, we're yeah. not doing that. So. Um, Anyway, I made what I thought was a pretty convincing argument. Progressives, this is now starting to bleed into a vote on structure, not a vote on cash. Because the cash really isn't that much. At a trillion and a half dollars. It's what they get in it. But but they are they going to do a short window or are they going to do like a five-year or well, three-year? Well, I mean the reconciliation goes 10 years. But they, they, they can, stagger, about shrinking they can stagger stuff in and out. Yeah, right. the, What they really want to do is establish the entitlements. Of course, AOC said it flat out, which was weird. I'm like, why would you say such a yeah. thing? You dummy! Like, get them in, like, because you develop constituencies, and this is why we had a wool and mohair subsidy for she, until the the mid '90s from is, the World War II. She is both correct and cynical. So. Combination I love, by the way. <laughs> uh, she's back in your in your graces. No, I wouldn't have said it. Who 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 says something like that? All right, so I got one to end with. It's not a clip, but. Oh wait You're, a minute! Before you before you close up, I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, I gotta say hi to Anne, and to Kelly, and to Kelly's husband, James. I think his name is Jim. I don't know whatever his name is, and Anne's husband, whose name is James as well. Although somebody, one of them might have been named William. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, just hi to the those ladies and their husbands. So that's well, that. and I'll say hi to the rest of our fans. How's that? Well, I, I think that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'll say hi to Mike, Lou, oh, Steve. Right. <laughs> sometimes, right? Go ahead. So, Close okay. us off. Closing it off. Politico breaking news: Yang officially breaks with the Democratic <laughs> Party. Former presidential of New York City mayoral candidate Andrew Yang announced Monday he has changed his voter registration, making official his break with the Democratic Party. Wow. And I thought this day would never come. He, he's been a Democrat his entire life, he wrote in a blog post explaining his decision. And yet he's confident he no longer that no longer being a Democrat is the right thing. So. He, him, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Cinema, they're all going to run for president in 2024. Just watch. Uh, breaking up with the Democratic Party feels like the right thing to do because I believe I can have a greater impact this way. Am I right? Let's find out together. And um, he's looking uh, to start a third party. A third party. Uh, I 
has a name here, but the, the future, the America First Policy Institute. <laughs> no, that's the other guy. <laughs> that's the other guy. Sorry. Anyway, I'll throw this in the show notes, but I, you know, I know that you're a big fan of Andrew Yang, and I know you're rooting for him for mayor. I was, uh, and he's no longer a member of the Democratic Party. The party has left Andrew Yang. That's like I said. He, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Cinema, they're going to run on the America First Policy Institute <laughs> platform. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is a wrap. Enjoy this beautiful fall weather. Until next week. Peace out. Hey.